We're in a series continuing on courageous living. We'll continue with this through the end of June. It's a great time for us. And as I, as I continue this, I just, um, I just want to tell you what a blessing it is to be here. I want to tell you that our foundational scripture for this comes out of 1 Corinthians, and it is simply this. Be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything in love. And as we are talking to you about living courageously, you know, it's interesting that the last thing, you know, that what he's saying to us here is be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. But then he says in the next verse is do everything in love. And that's exactly what I believe that God is calling us to at Summit Church. Now, as we go here, I want to just, you know, we know we've got all generations in here and how important. But on this day, it's really the weekend that we have here and across the nation and in the U.S. military around the world, we're pausing to honor those that made the ultimate sacrifice for our nation. It's been said that all gave some, but there were some that gave all. It's actually a quote by a man from Ohio who served in the Korean War. And when I read that and I researched it and I told you on my name tag, it says, I don't know what the strangest thing was because two years and I wasn't there in the Korean War from 1950 to 53, but served there afterwards on a couple of three of the bases actually in that time frame. Been back about 20 times in the military. And so that what took place over there and around the world, I served in Italy where the, you know, we have the cemeteries all around, but we also have them all around the world and France and Italy and other places where those who made the ultimate sacrifice for this nation um, are interned. You know, it's interesting that it goes back to the Civil War and that in the Civil War, it was really the commemorative event in many states afterwards. And it was really spearheaded in 1868 by a guy named General John A. Logan. Now, if that sounds familiar to you, there's a reason for that because not too far from here is the Logan Federal Cemetery, Military Cemetery. In fact, that's a cemetery where we have men from this church and women that are buried there at that cemetery. And so he really turned it in from this day of commemorative day that he had, you know, decoration day is what they called it. And it was really to kind of bring peace, if you could, you know, in this time frame. And it was kind of to bring reconciliation after the Civil War. And so there was this, and I know you find it hard to believe, but much of the celebrations that took place, separate from the one that was kind of launched with General Logan, was launched by mothers. If you go back to our message from a couple of weeks ago on Mother's Day, and I said, you know, Mother's Day is not always a great day for ladies. And there are some, and I remember that as I kind of just continued this better understanding of Memorial Day and what it's meaning. And then, so with friends there and I, in my memories, one of the things that popped up was at a military cemetery in Nebraska, a little town, no town around it actually, just a plot there. It was a picture that I had of kneeling down by a gravestone. The gravestone was my closest friend growing up, and he was given the Medal of Honor for what he did. And I I think about the ultimate sacrifice 
that was made by so many. You know, it's interesting in these days, and I know there's a, we all have stories on this, but our oldest grandson, Wheeler, for my son in Virginia, that son of ours, his middle name is James because of the Medal of Honor winner that I grew up with, who literally in a foxhole dove on a grenade and saved three other men that were there. My younger brother actually tracked down some of them and so forth. So the middle name of the father, my son, is James. One of his closest friends is David Bellavia. David Bellavia is the only living Medal of Honor recipient out of the Iraq War. Okay? So when he received the Medal of Honor at the White House, he asked my son to go with him, which he did, and received the Medal of Honor there. And then at the Pentagon, they have a ceremony in the Hall of Heroes. And so he was able to go there. But the picture that popped up was my son asked David if he had Wheeler with him. He says, would you mind if I get a picture with you? With him. And he said, oh, that'd be great. And he was reaching around his neck and my son Courtney said, you know, he's going to take the Medal of Honor and kind of move it so that Wheeler doesn't reach up and grab this thing minutes after he had just been awarded that. That wasn't it at all. David Bellavia took off the Medal of Honor and he put it on my grandson's neck. And that was the picture that popped up for me, standing there. As a result of that, when the next son was born, Reed, you think what his middle name would be? Since his father's middle name is a Medal of Honor winner, there's a David in the middle of his name for the Medal of Honor winner with his. So I don't want to keep that tradition up because it takes a lot to earn that. You know what I mean? Uh, I want to talk today and I, on this issue of honor and this issue of respect and sacrifice. So our message today is entitled, Courageous Honor for Courageous Sacrifice. Courageous Honor for Courageous Sacrifice. The big idea is just the flip. Where there is a courageous sacrifice, it is worthy of courageous honor. Just think about that. Where there is courageous sacrifice, it is worthy of courageous honor. I'm so happy to have our young people in here with us and, and in this process and so forth. And as we looked at this and for them to know how important they are to be in here with us. I want to look at three things here on courageous sacrifice that becomes worthy of courageous honor. And it's simply this. It is the what, the who, and the why. What does God tell us about this? What is honor? Who do we honor? And then, of course, the big question is, why? You know, you can be told a lot of things, can't you? Well, you need to do this, this, and this. And I don't know if, uh, if you were ever this way, but you reach an age where no matter what you're told, it always follows with, why? Right? And this started very young with our grandkids and uh, with Ellen and Hannah. And uh, they would say, Papa, and they would go through all of the why. And you were saying, they say, but why? And finally, I would say to them, because the moon is bright and Papa said so. They would go, okay. And it turned out that other questions and people would ask them why in something and they would look at them and go, well, because the moon is bright and Papa said so. That, that simplifies it, doesn't it? But don't you think from God's perspective, it's this idea of what is honor, right? 
Who do we honor and why? Let's start with the what. Honor is to treat another with value, respect, and high esteem. You know, there's a lot about honor that's like the word love, isn't it? You know, we talk about the feelings sometimes. Well, love is how you choose to treat someone else, isn't it? That's what true love is, how you make a decision to treat someone else. But honor is the same thing because there are people saying, there's some people around me I don't like. How do I honor them? The answer is very simple. You honor them by how you choose to treat them. You don't have to like their political views. You don't have to like the type of soda they drink or don't drink. You don't have to like that much about someone to treat them with honor when we understand that what honor is is this idea that value, respect, and high esteem. There's another part of the word honor that means I'm going to do what I said I would do. You know, in a contract, when somebody says you need to honor your commitment, I thought about that this morning when we have our huddle with everybody that's serving here that makes this church function, and we meet and we pray and we, you know, we want this for you when you come in. And I I thought about that and I go, every person here signed up, went through training, growth tracks, all of that, and they are honoring their commitment. That's what this is. So when we look at the word honor, that value, that respect, that high esteem, but it's, you know, it's when you say you'll do something and you do it, and it's when you say, I won't do that, and you don't. You know what I'm saying? In all of that. And so in the simplest terms, it's just simply this idea of how we choose to treat others, okay? I, uh, I want to ask our Summit kids and anybody in that student ministries, would you stand up for just a second for me, please? I'm not going to embarrass you. Well, I might because you know me, don't you? You know me. There she goes. You're pointing right there. But just stand up. Stay standing. Stay standing, please, because I want to speak directly to you. Now, listen to me carefully on this issue of honor. You know and I know the things we hear and all of that. Sometimes us older people don't do a very good job of modeling honor. I want you to know that. And I also want to tell you that when it comes to honor for us at Summit Church, the reason we do this and we all get together is for us. This is one of the ways we have to say to you, we want to honor you and you are important to this church, each one of you. We want you to know that you're valued in this church. We want you to know that we respect you and what God is doing in and through you, and we want you to know we want you to we want to help be a part of what God wants to do to help you grow into that young man, that young lady that God intended for you. And so when you hear things that don't match up from other adults, please know this, I'm sorry. I am. I'm sorry that the world isn't a perfect model for you, but I want you to know I'm very glad that you're here at Summit Church, and I want you to know I'm very glad you're here with us today, and I want you to know that we value you, we hold you in high esteem, because we see in you that God created you just like He did any of us. So I just want to thank you for being here with us today. Can we give them a clap and let them know that we... Go ahead. Now you can have a seat. Thank you. I wanted you to know that 
I wanted you to know that as your pastor, but I tell you that, that is for the elders, they would tell you the same thing. That is for the staff of this church, they'll tell you the same thing. That is for the dream team and everyone that's here, they will tell you the same thing. You matter to us because you matter to God. Now, who do we honor? We know what honor is, but who do we honor? I'm going to give you three categories, God, Jesus, and everyone else. Pretty much covers it, doesn't it, right? I mean, we're not in the God category. We're not in the Jesus category, but when we say everybody else, we all get to be on that ship together, don't we? And so the idea is, is that that's the who part of this. And let's look at what Scripture tells us here. In Deuteronomy 6.13, and I'm going to tell you the same Scripture in three different versions or translations. Let's look first in the King James Version. It says, you shall fear the Lord your God and serve Him and shall take oaths in His name. Okay? That explains a lot from a history, you know, uh, some are getting away from it, but there was a time to be sworn into public office. Your hand went on a Bible, and this was the oath that you made in the name of our Heavenly Father in Jesus' name, and that was in the prayer for our nation. But let me tell you this, in the Good News translation, same verse, it says this, honor the Lord your God, worship only Him, and make your promises in His name alone. Now, that kind of brings it down, right? Because sometimes we say, well, I don't make a lot of oaths. You know, there may have been one to take office, or there may have been one when I went in the military. But when we translate that into this version, it says, hey, look, when you promise something to someone else, no matter how old we are, whether it's a much older guy, young ladies, a young gentleman, and all the way across, that we make that promise that we realize that's in the name of Jesus. That's in God's name that we're making that. Now let's look at the third one. It comes out of the contemporary English version. It says, worship and obey the Lord your God with fear and trembling and a promise that you will be loyal to Him. And you see how the words translate out in this and that we start with, you know, that first part is that fear the Lord your God, the three different translations, kind of at that beginning. Fear the Lord your God, honor the Lord your God, and worship and obey the Lord your God. That gives us a pretty good understanding, doesn't it, of what we are doing, the two-part to God. That fear, by the way, for clarification, that isn't this, I am so afraid that I'm hiding in a corner and I fear the Lord, I'm just scared. That's not it at all. The actual meaning of that word is telling us to hold God in awe. There's so much happening in our nation today, and one of the things that I think we've lost is the fear of the Lord in the United States. That's just my feeling. We have lost the fear of the Lord, meaning that we don't hold God in all. I told you a couple of weeks ago, studies that come out, huge percentage, 70% in the United States believes, hey, I can be a good person without knowing God or this God or who you say God is. I can still be a good person, right? You see, when that is said, what that says is, one, they don't know the source of goodness. When they say, I can be a good person, based on what? Because if you don't know God, it's based on a societal norm, isn't it? It's just what everybody else is doing based on them. People, for a lot of years, I'm not real proud of this, 
People say, Chuck, are you a Christian? I said, well, sure. I mean, I've been to church and I prayed. I've even been baptized. Of course I'm a Christian. They said, but if you were to die today, do you know where you were going? I said, well, I'd go to heaven, of course. They said, but really, how do you know that? And I would look at them and I would go, seriously? Look around you at this world we live in. Based on that, I got at least a C plus average going in. It got me to college. It'll get me to heaven. And it was funny, I thought at the time, and it would take some years before God would just kind of slap me silly, saying that's not the plan. But this idea that of a cultural norm, we've lost our fear of God. We don't hold God in awe. And when you don't hold God in awe, right, with that, you don't hold His Word in awe. You don't have the respect for God's Word that God intended when He gave it to us. You see, that's what we're missing, isn't it? So when we say honor the who, and we start with God in that process, right, that fear the Lord, honor the Lord your God, and worship and obey Him. Let's look at the second who on this. You ready? 1 Peter 3.17, here's what God tells us. But in your hearts, oh, get it right, but in your hearts, it's not an intellectual loan, is it? But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. That goes pretty close to the awe and the fear of the Lord, doesn't it? And that triune Godhead with God, His Son, and the Holy Spirit, but He says, as holy, always being prepared to make defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. I know it doesn't look like it yet, but it's going to happen. I was at the fitness center. I, I, I don't use that word very often, you know. It's a place I pay money to, and I go get to sit in the steam room and uh, the hot tub. Those are my favorites in the sauna. And I've done a lot of research if you do no nothing else, right? So it's working to a certain extent. So. <laughs> That's not that funny, Christy. Come on, honey. <laughs> Give me a break. Come on, your kids are around here. Don't laugh at the pastor, okay? I know, she's laughing with me. We've had these conversations. But I was sitting on the bench. I'd come out of the steam room, and there was two guys in the, the hot tub, and I'm listening to a guy, and I, I know he was a Christian. Well, let me rephrase that. Boy, he sure talked like he was a Christian, and he sure talked well-educated. And uh, my gosh, it was about all the theories and the government, and it was a mix of religion and politics and all this. And I'm looking at the other guy just going, how do I get out of this? What do I need to do to escape? And finally, the one guy that was giving the seminary lecture to this guy gets out, goes, and the guy had literally, the other guy turned his back on the and just on that, and he's looking away, he didn't want that. And finally he turned around, and he looked at me, and he says, I just, I can't. I said, hey, buddy, I, I heard the whole thing. You don't have to explain to me. He says, well, I just don't come here to be preached to and beat into like that. And I said, well, I'm a pastor. Should have seen him then, let me tell you. Yeah, I'm a pastor, but I'm not going to preach to you. And we spent the next 20 minutes finding out about his business and the things that he's doing and where he's at in life. 
and he was getting out and he walked over and look, I don't mean to make this about me, but it's a fact that he comes over and he shook my hands and he says, thanks for talking to me. And you know, I, I think about some of this stuff that we think that, you know, when they say prepared with the defense that you've got to have a Bible study course and you've got to have this, you know, maybe that defense that God is talking about is us to act like we're actually sons and daughters of the King. And as a result, how we treat other people and do life with them in the process. So with a scripture there, but then let's get to the third part, the everybody else. Oh, this is when it gets to be fun, isn't it? You know, you could go, well, you know, Chuck, yeah, I'm okay with you telling me to honor God. Of course. Hey, I'm really okay with you telling me to honor Jesus. And then I say everybody else, and you go, wait a minute. You don't know the everybody else's in my world. You don't know the everybody else's in my world. And here's my response to that. I've got a pretty good idea because some of those are in my world too. We're all living together in this process. And what God has called us to do in His Word very explicitly is to love others. Now listen what he says in Mark 12, 30 and 31. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Just start with that. We've covered it, haven't we? That part there, we could say, oh yeah, I can do that. Well, you say that, but 70% of Americans say, I don't need that. Let's just get on to how I'm supposed to act because I can do the acting part really well. But let's get back to this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That pretty well covers it, doesn't it? What God is calling us to, and with all your strength. But then he says... The second is, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. Those are red-letter words. When I say red-letter, then we know those come from Jesus Christ, right? He's speaking to us fully as man, fully as God. Those are the words He's speaking to us. But He says, love your neighbor. Now, here's where we get... Sometimes we don't understand that term neighbor there and what that means. That means everybody else. It doesn't mean just the person living next door to you on the left or right or in the same apartment building. That means, by the way, I, I told you now, Billy, my little Kentucky girl, right? That means all y'alls, not some of y'alls, but all y'alls. And in far, as far as the people that God brings you into contact with, He's not saying you have to like them. He's not saying that you have to like them. Remember what I said, their political views or what cola they drink or this or that. That's not what God's saying. Love, honor is a decision how you will treat somebody. And look, I haven't always done well with that, and I've had to go back and apologize. Now, what I said, I'm sure, was totally right. You know, when you look at somebody and you tell them what a stinker they are, they probably needed to hear that from somebody that recognized that. You know what I'm saying? And my hope is they're a better person for that. But then you look at the manner in which it's carried, right? That love and honor that should go with that. And that's what God's telling us here. He's saying with everybody out there. And He says, but you love God, you love the Lord, all of that, right? And then you love everybody else. And there's nothing greater than that. Now, I've talked to the summit, our summit kids and our students, but let me just kind of focus on them for just a second. You know, 
I've studied these things and I've studied God's Word for a lot of years and I'm not done because every time I open it up, I see it. And I want to encourage our young people, God's Word is for you too. But here's things. I want you to know as our Summit kids, as our students soon to go into high school at Valor High, come on, girl. I love that. She's looking around like, how did he know that? We talked about that for months. Come on. Okay? But the fact of the matter is, we want to do things as a church to position you to understand God's Word and to hear God's voice. And one of those is going to be in July, from the 3rd to the 7th of July, that here at Summit Church, we're doing what they call Eagle Lake Camp. I'm learning so much being here. You know, you go into a church and you, you learn things, but here at Summit, and I was sharing with the team earlier that just some of the things that I've learned and been in a lot of churches, but this is for each one of you. Now, let me kind of give you an age bracket, and we're going to show you a quick video here. I want you to pay attention to that, but this is that, you know, six, seven-year-old up to about 12-year-old to attend the camp. But I'm going to talk then to our Summit students because you have a role in this too. But this is designed to give you the opportunity to grow in knowing God's Word, hearing from God, because what did I say when I began? You're important. And you're not important that we wait till you grow up, get out of college, or whatever happens. You're important now. And what we want to do as a church is important because we want to do this for you. Okay? We've got a video here. Can we roll that and see how that looks up here? Whoa, looks like we got it. I'm going to step this way. All right, does that look exciting? It does look exciting, doesn't it? And I'm excited for you to be here. Let me just tell you, I said I would talk specifically to our students that are here, but I want to talk to everybody. We still need help on this. We're doing this as a church. There's not three people, and they're going to do it, and all that. but we're doing this as a church and throughout that week, and there's great opportunities for you to sign up, one, to volunteer, two, housing. See how I paused on that because I want you to dwell on that for just a moment. If you've got an extra room, we do all of the housing and the host housing as part of it for them to come in. If you've got a room for them to stay in, there'll be need for some transportation, and look, here's the other thing. If God puts it on your heart and you want to donate specifically to this for scholarships, I want to encourage you to do what God leads you to do. Because here's one of the things that I can tell you at Summit Church. Our elders have made a decision. Our staff is implementing and the teams. But when God guides us to something, we're not going to let finances be in the way and tell God no. We're going to do everything that we need to do. We're going to trust God with that. And we are trusting God for this Eagle Lake camp because it's not just for our summit kids here, but this is an opportunity to reach, grab your neighbors, other kids. And you say, well, I don't have any kids, but if you know of kids, to bring them to this for this opportunity to bring your kids, the friends of your kids, or those in the neighborhood. We're going to do everything we can to minister to this community and to a generation that is very, very important. I'm going to talk just to our Summit kids for just a second. Sometimes, middle school, high school, you don't realize how important you are and how much you are being watched by others. Many years ago, our granddaughter that's a nurse now was getting ready for kindergarten. 
She has two older uncles. By the way, you think these guys aren't smart? They would go to the park pushing her in a carriage from the time she was about eight, nine months old. And for all you young guys out there, you think puppies are chick magnets? Oh, 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 oh. let me tell you something. Puppies don't hold a candle to a guy that's brave enough to bring his niece at nine months old with a diaper bag, and it worked for them, right? But when it came time for her to go to kindergarten, her mother took her shopping for clothes. Now, this is Summit students, listen to me. And all our granddaughter, going at five years old, wanted to buy was the clothes, the type her uncles were wearing because she knew them in school, which for that was jeans. And, you know, the back in the day, there's a bunch of in here might remember, you know, where you wore two T-shirts and you rolled it up. So the under one that, on the, yeah, so all she wanted, her mother couldn't talk her out of it. Said, well, you know, as a young lady, you know, you can actually have some other clothes. She said, no, that's the only thing. So my daughter grabbed her two brothers and said, okay, here's what I need you to do. She won't listen to me because I'm too old in her mind, but she will listen to you. Will you take her shopping and tell her that young ladies can wear this in kindergarten and girls' clothes? So they did. Now, I don't know what that cost me, that shopping trip, but she listened to them and bought other clothes. If you're in our middle school, high school, and of age to volunteer, I want to encourage you to, because I go back to that experience, and I want to tell you, a lot of these Summit kids, you may not realize it, but they're looking to you, and that's very important. So while the age group to attend is not there, you are vital to this process because you have such influence that you may not even realize in the process. Now we get to... The last part, the why here. And the why is very simple, because He is worthy. When we talk about God, Jesus earned the honor because the honor was the first given to Him by the Father. And we think, well, He was part of the triune Godhead. Did God give Him honor? Let's go to the Scripture here in Hebrews 2.9, and here's what God says. But we do see Jesus made lower than the angels for a short time. Did you get that? He left His realm and was made lower than the angels to live and walk among God's creation, us ancestors, for a short time that by God's grace, he might taste death for everyone. I want you to think about this. When God says that Jesus did this for everyone, we kind of pause and remember you're everyone. Do you understand that part? I mean, truly understand that. Because sometimes we have this connection and we say, yes, you know, yeah, I know, Jesus died for me. I had a revelation. And uh, if you haven't heard this before, it doesn't hurt for you to hear it again. But I'm deeply in love with a redhead. Like I said, since Easter, she slept at home twice. The other day I called her and we say, I love you, you know, and catch up on what's going on here. How are the kids doing or that, right? I know everybody's worried about these. I'll get them. Got them. I saw your eyes. Everyone is going, is he going to step on those? I might. But it was a few days ago and I called Billy and I said, uh, hey, all right, baby, good, great time. I'll get back to you later today. I love you. And then I hung up and then I go on. 
Billy and I have a favorite song. It's a song title of It's Perfect. It was written by Ed Sheeran and sings by him. If you haven't heard it, just go Google that, Perfect. But get the one with uh, Bocelli, Andre Bocelli, and they do a duet in Tuscany. It'll rock your world. But that's mine and Billy's. And when I'm not with my wife, I turn that song on. And so I turned that song on. It was about a half an hour later after I hung up from Billy. And I'm listening to this song. And you go, are you emotional, Chuck? Do you get emotional? Yeah, I do. I'm okay with that. I just missed her. And I missed us. It's not that I miss her as much as I miss us together. So with the song playing, I called my wife back. And I said, baby, I just want you to hear what I'm listening to because it's you and me and I miss us. And I said, I know I said I loved you earlier this morning, but I, I want you to know I really love you. You get that? And I don't want it to be just a tagline at the end of a conversation. Now, why am I telling you this? Me and Billy? No. Because here's my feeling when it comes to our Christian faith. The longer we're in it, sometimes the fact that Jesus died and suffered for each one of us can be the tagline at the end of a phone call in a sense. Oh yeah, by the way, Jesus died for you. Yeah, I know, we've been over that. Anything new I need to talk about? Yeah, I know, Jesus. You see, it was like me needing to call Billy back and saying, baby, I know we've had this conversation. I know I said I loved you, but I don't know that you really realize and I wanted you to hear this. And so while our song was playing, I said, now here's all I'm telling you. I just want you to know I love you. Well, here's the thing. I want you to know God loves you. And here's the deal. The fact that Jesus Christ lowered himself, he suffered on a cross and died for you. He bled out. And did you know that that crucifixion, when they're beat and everything, many of them die before they even get crucified? An unbearable pain to even begin to imagine. Now listen to me, saints. That's not a tagline at the end of a conversation or an, oh, by the way, it's understanding. That's how important you are to God. But get this, that also says, God is worthy because God would send his own son for that. That says you are worthy because Jesus would go through that for you. You are worthy because he did all of that. And by the way, because he did, great sacrifice is worthy of great honor. Because of the great sacrifice we celebrate on this nation, those that gave their lives for us and died as a result of injuries in battle, they are worthy of honor. But if we miss the fact that Jesus Christ himself paid the ultimate price for us, and we miss that, we miss the whole point of a courageous sacrifice. And you say, well, Chuck, he just came to do that. How courageous was it? It was pretty courageous because in the garden the night before he, he was betrayed, he said, Dad, have you got another way to do this? Because I know how this feels. I know what's going to happen here. I know how bad this is going to get. 
And he says, Father, if you have anything else, will you take this cup from me? And remember what he, and look, the scriptures even tell us that he sweat blood. He sweat blood. He was so earnest in prayer and that. And you say, well, he didn't have a choice. No, he did. Because he said, Dad, if you got another way, I'm good with that. But he said, Dad, if you don't have another way, and this is all we got, then your will be done. That's why we're here. You know, as we close out, let us not forget on this weekend, it's not about picnics in the beginning of summer and the celebration, that there has been a huge sacrifice for this nation. But let us not forget, there has been a huge sacrifice for all of humanity by a Father in heaven that loves us and a Son that was willing to die for us so that all of us could know the love of the Father and it wouldn't be a tagline at the end of a conversation. It's the main event. Let us not forget that. And can we help our young people remember how proud we are of them for being here? Because listen to me, we're a better church when we're with you. We're a better church because you're a part of it. We're a better church because you choose to be here. We're a better church because of our young people and our student ministries. And it's one thing for me to say it, but please, please, as your pastor, would you not let any of them escape? And that's what they'll try to do without at least a handful of us telling them how important they are and that Jesus died for them too. And we're so blessed that they're here. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we love you. Father, if we ever forget or if we take for granted, are we just kind of added as a tagline, Father, to the end of a prayer? Father, our relationship with you is so much more than that. So much more than that. Let us not forget because we know you haven't forgotten. I ask your blessings on each person here and those that are online with us, those that'll watch later. I ask your blessings on them, Father, but I also ask you to stir in our hearts the understanding that great sacrifice, courageous sacrifice, is worthy of courageous honor. And let us live courageously, Father, as you have called us to. And we ask all of this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all of God's family said, Amen.